Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast, where we strive to provide great preaching and teaching so that listeners will discover or rediscover the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Catholic faith. If you are interested in supporting the work we are doing, visit us at drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to another episode of a Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the Litany of Trust. Today is day five. My name is Father Adam Potter, and grateful to be back with you. In the very beginning of our book, Jesus, I Trust in You by Sister Faustina, she has this great quote from St. Alphonsus Liguori that uh, hopefully you didn't miss as you dove into the, the reading, but this would be a great one to take up again and uh, just to start off our episode with this quote that really captures what our journey is all about. Here's what St. Alphonse says. Those whose hearts are enlarged by confidence in God run swiftly on the path of perfection. They are no longer weak as they once were. They become strong with the strength of God, which is given to all who put their trust in him. That's it. Brothers and sisters, that is it. That's what we're looking for, allowing our hearts to be enlarged by confidence in God so that we can run swiftly on the path of perfection. It's the path towards holiness. It's the path towards the fullness of life and the perfect love that we're made for. And so all of a sudden, the more that we trust in Him, we are able to receive His life and His strength to... um, expand our lives, our horizons, and fully um, come to the realization of the calling to be His. So today is day five, and the petition is, from all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. She has so many great points in this chapter, and I thought one of the, the greatest insights that she had was just on that maybe experience that hopefully we can all relate to. It's that idea of um, trying to communicate ourselves to someone else and not being listened to, trying to really get the other person to to believe that, no, 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 really, like, I did this, or this is who I am, or this is what I will do, or this is what happened, and how frustrating it can be whenever we try and communicate ourselves to someone who doesn't believe us. And she makes this incredible point, right, that to not believe our our words is to not believe us. That's how closely bound up our words and promises are to who we are. Jesus' words and promises are likewise bound up with him, so that in receiving them, one receives him. So this is what this day is all about, about coming to really look, are there any words or promises of God that I'm suspicious of. There are so many different examples of this, of this through sacred scripture. It's comical, really. It could be kind of the, like the ongoing story of salvation history of how often God speaks to his people, reveals his plan for them, utters this incredible promise. This is what I have for you. This is what I want for your life and for your future. And time after time, they don't trust him. They don't believe him. There's suspicion. 
There's so many different examples, but so that I can um, not keep you here all day, here's one, right? And it is the story of Abram. Abram, he's the father in faith. In so many ways, he exemplifies real faith, real confidence in God. And yet he gives us hope because his life is also marked by a lot of not trusting in him and not having confidence. For example, if you go to chapter 15 of Genesis, you find at the very end, um, God making an incredible covenant with Abram. And then at the very, um, let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, it's, the, it's there in chapter 15 where he promises Abram uh, descendants as many as the stars in the sky. This incredible promise that he would be a father to many nations. Right Here's this word, here's this promise of God to Abram that almost seems too good to be true. Have you ever read something in the Bible that seems too good to be true? Right Here's Abram in the first person seeing, encountering the living God and hearing his voice say, I want to make you a father of many nations, children as numerous as the stars in the sky. And it's like, ah, really? And the problem is, of course, that uh, Abram and his wife Sarai are old at this point, and they haven't been able to have any children. So even more so, this promise seems ridiculous. How about you and I? Have we ever heard something, read something in the Bible, had something... Um, that we received in a, from a homily, a sermon, or just one of the readings and been like, yeah, but that might sound good. That might work for other people, but not in my life. That's not, that's not true for me. And just based on our circumstances, we dismiss it. Well, Abram dismisses it and Sarai, and he kind of brainstorm and Sarah says, oh, here's what that must mean. Um, because I'm unable to bear any children. Why don't you have relations with my slave girl, Hagar? Where's ha- where did Hagar come from? Egypt, which again, kind of comes into this question like, wait, where did they get this Egyptian slave girl? It's like, when they were passing through Egypt, they didn't just pass through. They actually took this woman and who knows what else they took. Why? I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know all, like completely, but I can only speculate that ultimately they don't trust in God. They don't trust in God to truly provide for them. So they're kind of taking some different things just to kind of hedge their bets. And so Abram has relations with Hagar. She bears him a son, Ishmael, and immediately there's strife in the relationship. And Sarai regrets the idea, the thought, is jealous of Hagar, and then starts to be incredibly cruel and mean such that Hagar uh, flees from their family, from their camp, and, and runs away. Here's what happens whenever we are suspicious of God and reject his word and his promises. Uh, Jealousy, envy, strife, division, sadness, sorrow, right? This is what happens whenever we try and like, yeah, I know you're telling me this, God, and, and and to trust. And I know you've set up marriage to be this relationship between one man and one woman, but maybe there's another way. It's like, that's a bad way of going about our life and responding to God. And so here, God again appears to Abram when he's 99, going on 100. And he says, Abram, 
I promised you that you would be a father of many nations and you've not been faithful, faithful to me. I will bless Ishmael, but I want to bless you through Sarah, who will be Sarah. She will be a mother of many nations. Kings of people shall come from her. And this is in chapter 17 of Genesis, verse 17. It says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Okay, so here's this like very relatable story. This promise by the Lord, too good to be true. And here Abraham, as uh, is said today, the ROFL, rolling on the floor laughing. Abraham was the originator of this expression. He's, it's too much for him. So he laughs in God's face. What about us? Have we ever just laughed? One of my uh, favorite follow-ups, one of my favorite stories in the in the Bible episodes is back to 18, where uh, God again appears. These three angels, ministers, come to Abraham, come to Sarah, and say, Assuredly, this time next year, Sarah will conceive and will have a child. And now Sarah, who's behind the tent, listening to this conversation, laughs herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I still have pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you in the spring, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh. For she was afraid. He, God, said, No, but you did laugh. <laughs> um, I love that stuff. That's like whatever, very relatable. I didn't laugh. You did though. I heard you. You can you can deny it. Why? Because she was afraid. She was afraid ultimately. Um, not trusting in the Lord, having suspicion over his word. Brothers and sisters, is there a promise? Is there something in the Bible? Is there something that we know of the Lord and what he's calling us to that we're suspicious of? How about that he desires our salvation? Could we ever be suspicious of that? No, Lord, like you don't understand. Like I've got a past, I have a history, or I continue to struggle. I have this habitual sin that I can't seem to break. And, and maybe we can just fall into discouragement or despair. It's like, I'm in this situation. I'm in this context. You couldn't actually want my salvation or have a plan for that. And the Lord wants to say, who told you that lie? Where, where did that suspicion come from? I don't know. Maybe we see in the Scriptures how the Lord is a good shepherd. He wants to bring us to green pastures where he desires to bring us to a place of true flourishing and fulfillment, happiness, love. And maybe we look around at our circumstances and it's just full of hardship and strife. And maybe again, there's like just this suspicion over those words and those promises. Where did that come from? And why would I not actually believe that the Lord desires put the desires in our heart for infinite love, for infinite happiness, for infinite joy to actually be fulfilled can go on and maybe just like to take this to prayer and just to really consider um, throughout the scriptures in the word of God, what are those promises? What are those words? 
or maybe I'm just suspicious of. It's like, no, 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 maybe for other people that they can have love or they can have joy or they can have peace. But the Lord wants us to have that too. And again, as we know, there's no life without the cross. There's no love without sacrifice. There's no peace without ultimate surrender. And so there, this is all in the context of the relationship with him that we find this. Um, and we need to just surrender that completely to him. So I invite you um, to really take this to prayer. Ask, where is it that I would be suspicious over his words, suspicious over his promises, um, and to allow that to come to the light, to be able to see him in the fullness of who he is, that he is a good dad, that he is a good father, and truly wants the best for us. And in particular, I want to, want to invite you to that last invitation that Sister Faustina points out. Um, she says this, I thought this was a great insight. Although the creation of the world began long ago, it continues with each new life. God intended me to exist and breathed his life into me. When I struggle to believe God's word, it is good to recognize that I am a word spoken by God. Sit in this truth. He spoke and I came to be. I think more than anything else, the Lord has just put on my, my heart that uh, he wants you to come to him. He wants you to really spend time with him. And it's one thing to do this reading of the book. It's one thing to listen to this podcast. Please keep listening to the podcast. Uh, it's another, though, to carve out space and time in our days and to be before him in prayer and to really allow his word that's spoken in the silence of our hearts to find room in our own hearts and to allow these different things to uh, just take shape in that relationship with him that we might gaze upon him, like truly imagine him being before us. And we know this is true because he's told us it's true. That when you go to your room and, and pray in secret, your father who sees you in secret will repay you that the Father is there whenever we pray. He's listening to us. He's with us. And so for us to pray, even when we struggle to pray as if he's really there. Do you see what I mean? It's not making it up, but it's praying as if. It's um, not, um, it's praying with the confidence. And if I struggle to have that confidence or to have that faith, then I would actually pray just as I am, Lord, allow me to pray as if I had that confidence and to allow the Lord to work just right where we're at, to see him there and to know that face, to know that presence and to allow him just to cast out all suspicion, all skepticism, all cynicism that might keep us from really trusting in his goodness and his love and his faithfulness and his unwavering commitment to give us everything that we need. And the fact that you and I are, the fact that we are, means that he has spoken us into existence, means that he, his word is good and is true. And for us to give room and space and time to receive that reality, that I can trust that his words are true and good because I am and I'm good. 
and his words, therefore, are trustworthy. With that said, let's turn to the Lord in prayer and pray our litany of trust. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me. Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering united to your own will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan. That you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To learn more about Drybones Ministries, events, and initiatives, and to support this podcast, go to drybonespgh.org. Thanks, and God bless you.